Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Uh, pardon us as we try to figure out how to make this recording thing work on a phone. Uh, we are here to review the latest episode of Star Trek Prodigy, All the World's a Stage. I am joined by Justin Ayotte. What up? Milos. Hello, hello, hello. And Boris. Cool guy, that Galileo. Yeah. Um, log, log, log long and, and prosper. <laughs> um, so this is uh, season one, episode 13 of Prodigy, All the World's a Stage. Um, I will just run through the plot really quickly. Uh, we're just going to, I think almost the stuff with the with Janeway's ship is almost worth doing separately because it's about 30 seconds of actual plot. Um, yeah. Basically, uh, you cut to the Dauntless again and he's awake and he's talking to Janeway about you know, his mission, he has to finish his mission, whatever, his daughter was kidnapped. And I realized in this moment that he still has memory damage from the run-in with Zero from the last block. Like, I thought he was faking this whole time, but it's clear that his memory is fucked up. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, so that's basically, there's, I think there's basically just that one scene with Janeway in that entire thing where she's, she said, you know, and obviously she's only seen his end of it. So he, she has no idea that like he was keeping children prisoner and all that kind of thing. So she's now convinced that whatever they find on the protostar has to be a manhunt rather than just a, you know, we're going to find this thing and figure this out. He also, um, she shows him a picture of Chakotay from around that time. And he says, Oh yeah, I, I kind of remember that guy. He was taken prisoner by somebody. Um, yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, and then at the very end of the episode, he he's on the bio bed and he wakes up from being sedated or something. And you can kind of tell that maybe his entire memory has come back. But we we won't really see what that leads to until next week, I would think. Um, So then that brings us to uh, the kids and stuff and they get a distress signal from a planet and they decide to. Was this okay? They, this was the one where they showed like they're still trying to get the the computer virus off the ship, but they have figured out that there's really no way they don't really have the capability to do that, and they've just decided to um, stay away from Starfleet until they can figure out a way to do that. Because even yep. even sending them a message will infect infect whatever wherever they send the message to with the virus. So they're trying they're basically deciding to we're just going to keep our distance until we can figure this thing out um and so they get they get a distress call from this planet so they decide to go down and check it out and the whole thing is like it's basically the first two aliens they see they look kind of humanish they have like weird things on their heads they um, look like elves they kind of did, actually. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, these are elves. Like, how yep. cool is that? And I was a bit thrown off at first because you see them and they're sort of in, like, TOS-era Starfleet uniforms. And the two that you see are doing really bad impressions of Shatner and Takai in their dialogue. Um, and at ooh, first... Ooh. Yep, and they have they have yeah the guys one of the guys' names is actually Sulu, and if you look at the um, if you look at the subtitles, which I always watch these things with subtitles on, so that I I know what the exact dialogue is, like uh, so I don't 
like it's kind of stupid maybe, but just to make sure that I don't have to go like, what did this person say? I always watch everything that we review with subtitles on. Um, so, yep, you find out that this whole they they're taken to this city that's basically built from like the contents of cargo containers, and um, you find out that this whole thing was inspired by a crash. Well, I don't want to say quite yet what that is. Um, so you have this whole society that's like been inspired by TOS era Starfleet and specifically the enterprise and the, the whole society is called the enter the enterprisians. Cause I think they have seen that name and sort and it's supposed to be over what, like a hundred years. I think the, the first encounter was like a hundred years ago. Um, Oh yeah. 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 Yep. And they have this, uh, what they're dealing with. They have this, illness that people get in the town called the gallows and so they're the kids are trying to figure out what that is and there was there were some um character moments here specifically for Jenkinpog and for doll because they both in different ways kind of look at this as like what the hell are we doing here like Jankum is very much like, oh, these people are idiots. Why are we, you know, why are we helping them? They they're just being led around by the by the nose, by whatever this is. And Dal is very much like, well, we're not really Starfleet. How much can we really help these people? And he starts to have a crisis of confidence in a way. Um, and I guess, I mean, we're going to try to keep this short. What you find out is that they basically uh, there was a an ensign named Ensign Garavik who I think was actually on the enterprise at some point um i don't i don't think this i don't believe that this is follow-up from a particular episode of tos but i do think that that character of garovic was a member of the crew at some point he did show up in something um david garovic okay i might have to look at that on like memory alpha or something and see if he actually appears in a in a, in a tos Oh, do, do you know which one it is? Uh, I am looking right now. Uh, okay. So it says played on TOS by yeah. Stephen Brooks. Um, it says bah, 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 bah. his father's. This is me reading. It's a lot of backward stuff. Bah, bah, bah. Okay, so it looks like he was originally on the uh, Farragut, and then he was transferred um, to the bridge of the Enterprise and learned of uh, Ensign Rizzo's death from uh, Hora. Apparently that was a classmate on the uh, in the Academy. I don't really know what this has to do with the episode. Uh... Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff about like him being confined to quarters and stuff. So I don't know if this was like actual episode. So it doesn't just tell you which episode he was in. And, oh, here we go. Um, Obsession. Oh, the one with the cloud. Okay. Yeah. It yeah says, I, following I... their return to the Enterprise, Kirk invited Garovic to stop by his quarters sometime so he could tell the young Garovic a few tales about his father. TOS oh, right. Kirk, Kirk served with his father. That's right. 
I think his father okay. was the captain of the, his father was the captain of the Farragut, which mm-hmm. Kirk served on. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, gotcha. That makes sense. Then, okay. Yeah. Then it says sometime sometime after this, later in twenty two sixty eight or circa twenty two sixty nine, Garavik volunteered for a solo mission that ended with him crashing the Galileo on planet zero zero four two six nine two. Yep. Okay, so clearly we have arrived at planet whatever number that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically you find out that the Gallows is... Uh, they find the crash Galileo, and the Gallows is a disease caused by the fact that the, the Galileo is, has been leaking radiation for 100 years. So it makes this whole area where there's like... There's some kind of weird reactions. There's like dilithium crystals growing up out of the ground. Um, quite striking the visuals of this, really. Actually, I really enjoyed a lot of that. Um, yeah. And you know, this was to me, this was benefit of the animation. Yep. The you other, can the do other, something like that. The other thing I thought benefit of the animation. Maybe this was for me. This was just like a really quick chuckle, but I did appreciate how they did it. They put Jankum and Rocktack in environmental suits, yep. which. You know, in live action, they'd be CGI characters probably, so it wouldn't matter if you did that or not. But I just thought it was cute. Like, they, you know, Rock Tech's in this giant environmental suit. And I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I really did enjoy this one. I was worried early on that this was going to turn into, like, we established the Church of Kirk and all this stuff. And, like, you'd go to the, you'd go to the center of the town, there'd be this giant statue of Shatner there. Which, you know, and they they kind of did that, but they did it in such a way that it was um Well it I wasn't really it, for it wasn't really for Shatner though, it was Ensign Garavik that they did it right, all for. Because yeah. Ensign right. was the yep, one they, that came down and told them that they were gonna be cursed by the by the evils of the gallows. Yep. So yeah, I really uh and like I said, I thought this was this had some good character moments for Jankum and Dahl. Um, especially like toward the end when, uh, they take the, um, did did they crew the proto star with these people? Um, they basically took the, Mm -hmm. doll took a bunch of the people on the planet because they, it kind of reminded me of galaxy quest. Like they're watching old Mm -hmm. video of, of like people manipulating the panels on the enterprise. That's a thousand percent what I thought when I saw this, I was like, Oh, this was them taking a poke at galaxy quest <laughs> well i was wondering too if the whole thing was gonna end up being like galaxy quest where they where they saw like old transmissions of somehow there were old transmissions of stuff the enterprise had done and were they just gonna do outright galaxy quest um which they did they should have threw, sure threw in a never give up never surrender somewhere <laughs> i was i was waiting for it i really was um but yeah, at one point, because you know every all the regular crew crew members of the Protostar are down dealing with the gallows, and that whole area is like falling apart because of the, the radiation and the crystals and stuff. Dahl takes a couple of members of this society and puts them on the Protostar to serve as crew, um, and they do this whole thing where like they change the holographic interface so that it looks like the the uh, the NCC seventeen oh one bridge. So they're more comfortable with it. So they kind of know how oh, the stuff. They can do. They can do the modern technology. Yep, mm-hmm. makes no sense to them. But they've worked on the OG Enterprise. So 
Yep. And I loved the music. I loved the music that played in that scene. It kind of reminded me of the the theme from the '09 a little bit. It had some similarities to that. I don't know what it was actually based on, but it's yeah, I thought for a moment these are gonna be the guys who who were in the first uh, Abrams movie. Oh, I I thought they might be the. Uh, you mean the ones from the beginning of Into yeah, Darkness? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Around because of the idol thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that no, they, I, they were gonna like do that, but I was kind of glad yeah, they but didn't they, do that. Yeah, but those those people had like, um, weren't they like pink or something? And they were had, like, like white or like orange or whatever. Yeah, they were like white yeah. with. Dude, I don't like or... you can't remember, I can't remember, so you know it was just a passing thought, you know, that I had. Yeah. But then yeah. you know, as the story go went along, you know, you see how oh, okay, these are never such... appeared to me once. Also, um also a uh, a little heads up on uh casting. Um the person who does the voice of Ensign Garavik is uh Fred Tassatori, who um Who's does the voice of Chex in uh lower decks oh real oh wow yeah that's yep. some range right there well we well, had the, we had the well we kind of had the you know a lower decks shout out at the end of the episode with the uh, genway discussing uh the uh second contact protocols true yeah that's true <laughs> lower yeah, decks they, was yeah, they were like oh second Go ahead. Yeah, I I caught that too. The whole uh, second contact protocols. She goes second product contact protocols are a little uh, fuzzy, but yeah, you know, yeah. we're doing our to do whatever. Well, lower decks was kind of the first show to even acknowledge that as a thing. Mm. So yeah, um, I really did enjoy this. I actually like this more than the Borg one. Um, might actually be the best one of the current set. Um, what I've started to realize, what I've started to realize about this show, okay, and it's all done really well, so I'm not like crapping on it. I'm still really enjoying this show, but I'm starting to realize that I think the point of this is to basically introduce children to the Trek tropes. Because mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these episodes have been basically uh, very, very uh, Cliff Notes versions of like. Here's the Borg, and here's the the planet you go to that where the society's been sort of influenced by Starfleet, and here's the you know, here's the episode with the Ferengi in it, and the Ferengi are not you know, here's what the Ferengi are you know, and mm-hmm. I still feel like this whole thing is kind of like, um, and here's the one with the the time anomaly thing that, that Trek does a hundred times, um, so I kind of feel like this is definitely meant to be like a gateway drug for children to get into the real show, real shows when they get a little older. Um, definitely, but it's all done really well. Like I'm certainly Mm. not calling it like remedial or anything to that extent. Like it's all done really well. Um, so really enjoying it. Uh, I'm going to let you guys go for a while because I don't really have that much on this one. You can really do an hour show on a 20 (laughs) mini cartoon. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, with this one, I mean, it was kind of your basic Trek episode, you know, answer a distress call, go down there, find out what's wrong with the planet, go get into a little bit of issues, try to get out of it, 
then you end up trying to help the people that you were helping. You know, it was kind of like your basic Trek episode, which I think was also good because it kind of gets kids into the idea of what does what happens in a normal Trek episode. So it's not always, oh, wow, the Borg and oh, wow, part of this and oh, wow, it's all part of this overarching, you know, storyline. Sometimes it's, oh, we stumble upon this planet and we got to go down there and help them and blah, blah, blah. And it's all self-contained. Like, you know, it also gets the kids into like, oh, yeah, you're going to have those episodes where like, you know, you, you visit a planet and it's all self-contained and everything like that. And then, um, I mean, you did still have like, you know, the, the, the little bit of what the season entails, which is Janeway and her father and, uh, you know, um, I keep on called the dreadnought, but whatever the, the name of the book, Dauntless. Dauntless. Thank you. Um, and, um, you know, that thing. So now that gives you a little teaser for what's going to be coming up next, where she's essentially going to be trying to hunt them down. And then even doll at the end realizes that, you know, at some point they may need to give up the, um, the proto star in order to go to Starfleet. Like they may need to go and get like another ship or something because, you know, they're going to have to adjust their ways, which also is a, a nice, a nice little lesson too, for kids is that, you know, you know, sometimes it doesn't go as planned and sometimes you have to adjust what you're doing, you know, to fit whatever needs you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah, yeah, I um I had the thing with the uh I mean and they address it in the sh- in the episode. They, they they had this moment that Dahl had where they were like, you know, calling these guys posers and they're not really being Starfleet and then you know, somebody tells him, but aren't we posing to be Starfleet too? And I was like, I mean, shouldn't that be the first thing that should have, I don't know, can't come to your mind for some reason? I mean, you're going around uh, gallivanting around the galaxy and, you know, just doing these things. And yeah, sure, you think about, you know, the consequences of your actions, but still sometimes, you know, you, you don't have, uh, you don't have the, you just don't look deep enough inside yourself to see that you're basically doing the exact same thing. So I, I, I thought it would, the way they addressed it was pretty cool. And as you said, John, you know, they're teaching the kids, uh, you know, the tropes of Star Trek. And it's not really Star Trek as much as it's sci-fi in general, I think. I'm rewatching yeah. Stargate again. And, you know, there's just these tropes for certain races and the way people behave. And I'm thinking... I mean, that could have been written way better, you know, done way better, handled much more realistically in a way, even though it's not realistic, but still, you know, there's ways to do it that it's not so cliche. So whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know, but I'm I'm hoping uh, the show uh, gives us way, way more great adventures. Yeah, I'm I'm really, I mean... And I've said this on the lower the lower deck show we did the early one where we were catching up and the I think the entire first block of episodes of this show like I think I've said repeatedly but every show every episode of this just reinforces it for me like I went into these two animated shows like very skeptical of what they were going to be and I gotta say that. I've had my assumptions challenged by it and I really enjoy them. And it's just like, 
with this with Prodigy in particular, I find myself wondering, like, you know, because when I started watching this stuff at like ten, it was next gen, because next gen mm-hmm. started next gen started when I was nine, ten years old, and a lot of that stuff, a lot of the stuff in the early seasons, anyway, went completely over my fucking head because I was too young to get a lot of it. Like, and some of the early ones were kind of slow and like they would, you know, there were debates and things because they, you know, they didn't, the budgets, the budgets were what they were back then. So they did what they could, but like, I can't imagine what my Trek experience would have been if a show like this had existed when I was 10. Like, well, well, I like, mm. I like to uh, going kind of on that and, kind of on you know not to derail another episode but you know recent news of kevin conroy passing away you know brought me brought me back to batman the animated series which was essentially my introduction to batman and his characters and who he is and everything like that and so you know i i mean if i was a kid like this would probably be my batman the animated series if I was starting to watch Trek, you know, just like when I started to watch Trek, my introduction was the next generation. You know, I used to watch it after Power Rangers when it came on TV, you know, so it was like, okay. you know, it, you know well, it, let me ask you, for yeah. you, what year, what year was that? Do you remember what around what year was that? <laughs> uh, probably like 93 or 94. Um, I remember, okay, so I remember watching the last season. I remember watching that cool. one live. It was at so, the very tail. It was at the very tail end of the show. Then, yeah, okay. Because for me, then, like, I, then in the summer, I, then in the summer, it would like it would like the reruns would start at the beginning. So, like, yeah. I I saw like the whole seventh season. Then I started at the beginning, and I was very confused. And then I realized it was the beginning of the show. Oh, <laughs> after that seventh season, other than all good things, after that seventh season, I'm surprised you stuck with it. That season's terrible. Yeah, but then but then the movie came out and so then the movie yeah. generations was like my first you know movie I went to go see in the theater and stuff. Oh, when we, when oh. we do generations, I have to tell you the story that you remember how we always talk about how we first see something? Yeah. That one had a story behind it. Yeah, I think I think you I think you had mentioned that story yeah, before, but I, I think forgot you about said, it so well. Yeah. So yeah, we'll save it for that one anyway. But anyway, the point of my little diversion was is that, you know, um is that like you know these cartoons and stuff, you know, especially when they hit a certain kids at like certain parts of their childhood or whatever, it sticks with them and it builds their fanhood for whatever. Mm-hmm. So I I think it's I think it's great how they took this show and they're really like breaking down what Star Trek is, breaking down some of the tropes, breaking down some of the villains. You know what I mean? Because it's it was yeah. just like when they. It was just like when they redid um, Mr. Freeze for Batman the Animated Series. Like, that is my Mr. Freeze, not Dr. Zero or Mr. Zero from the 60s or whatever. Like, that, the Heart of Ice version is my Mr. Freeze. And so, hopefully some kid sees the Borg episode and goes, oh yeah, I love the Borg. You know what I mean? Or they see, you know, another episode that they do later on when, when they find, like, a Klingon or whatever, and then they go, oh yeah. You know, that, those those are my Klingons, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I, I just really like the idea that this I show think, is like a entry point yeah. for kids. I think the big one for that 
is, or at least the one that might be like the gateway drug to the other shows right away, is like the one from last block where Dahl did the holographic simulation thing, and like mm-hmm. Spock shows up and Odo shows up and whoever else yeah. it was, like, you know. And I, I, we were going crazy about that one. I remember at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I just I love the fact that this show manages to function in a way where, and it's kind of like the same thing of like the same way that good Disney cartoons work where there's, there's stuff in them for adults. And especially like with as picky as a lot of adult Star Trek fans can be like, there's enough stuff in here where, you know, as a 45, as a near 45 year old man, I don't feel like I'm being pandered to watching this. Um, but I can see where it would be effective for children. Um, so I think this is really working really well. Um, and actually, the big thing I left out was through the whole episode, uh, Murph, the slime worm, has ah, been the end. sort of ill, and Rock Tech's been taking care of it, her, him, her, it. I mean, they sort of gave it a male name, but I don't actually know. Um, so by the end of the episode, it's in a cocoon, and you're led to believe it's going to turn into something else at the end. Uh, but we don't see what that is. Now, I wonder if they're going to do something that makes Murph more of an active character going forward. Like the 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 transformation is going to do something that's going to make the him. Whole, the whole character of Murph reminds me, and especially what they did with this episode. I, I, I was reminded of a Pokemon evolution. Yeah. I, we could get a better, smarter, you know, Murph. Yeah. I guess my whole thing is like, I like the show. And I like the idea of something like Murph, but Murph is the thing in this show that I keep coming back to where it's like every time he's on screen or they do something with it, it's like, oh, this is just the thing that they threw in for kids and to sell the plush toys and whatever. Like, I want one of those plush toys when they make them. Like, I'm going to get one. Uh, But at the same time, it's like, this is the thing where he doesn't really do anything and he's just there so they can make jokes about it and, and sell toys and whatever. And like, if they can turn him into something that actually contributes, then I would be way more interested in that character than I am right now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be interesting on what well, I, mean, the, I think is going to be a classic uh, worm into butterfly. Thing. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I would yeah, think that. Especially with the whole right. cocoon thing, like they're gonna probably find yeah. out more about that, and hopefully, it actually becomes like a. Yeah, I guess it's true. If it becomes like a more functional character on the show, but even so, like I mean, it's it's doing its job for you know a kid show. You know oh yeah, I mean? no, and, and a lot of kids shows have characters like that, so I'm not saying they should get rid of it. Like, I'm perfectly no, fine. Man. I'm perfectly fine if that's what Murph is for the duration of the show. Like he's just this thing where the that they use for the occasional joke and and he's in the background in a lot of scenes and they sell the plush toys and whatever. That's great if that's what they do. But I would also like to see like if you're gonna have if you're gonna make one if you're gonna make one of those characters like an active participant in everything they're doing, this is the kind of show to do that with. Like the 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 heavy sci-fi show that could basically do anything they want with a character like this. Like that's the show you're gonna do that with. But if they don't, that's fine, you know, and, and I'm sure it'll continue to do well with the little kids who are the audience for this. So um, I had an interesting... You have to keep in mind that Earth already did something major. 
That's when true. You swallow the protostar. So it's like you know, the protostar drive. The, That's true. For what for what he's doing, which isn't much, I guess. Like they are still putting him to good use. He yep. is still as far as he can be an active member of the crew. So we have so, what seven seven episodes left in this block, assuming um, they go straight through. I don't know if that's what they're doing or not. I hope so. Um, and then we do know that there's another another season of this is committed already, uh, which means there'll be another twenty yep. after that. Uh, where do we think the first season's going to end up? Like. If you had to guess to what the end point is, what do you what do you think we're looking at? Well, well, the end point is going to be, um, I mean, if it goes based on how TV shows go and how it's being telegraphed, um, it's going to be um, Janeway and the um, Dauntless um, somehow interacting with the Protostar or even just like coming face to face with it. I mean, maybe they won't actually do anything about it, or it's going to be like, you know, they see it in their sights or whatever, and that's how the season ends. And then the season premiere of next season is going to have to do with them, like, attacking the Dauntless, and then them trying to explain that it's not them attacking the Dauntless, and then that's going to be a whole bunch of confusion and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I disagree. Um agree with the, the ending there but i think they're gonna you know meet up somewhere they're gonna beam down to a planet of some sort and good their doll and the crew of protostar they're gonna have a face-to-face -face meeting with jane way most likely set up we are you know third parties or whatever that's how uh, yeah. well, i mean this is a star trek show this is a star trek show they always end up you're over you're trying to overcomplicate a kid's show again yeah. Like you have to keep in mind, this is a kid show. Yeah. They're not gonna overcomplicate the ending or anything yeah. else that happens. So you're gonna have a clear like they're probably gonna meet up because Janeway is already skeptical. Uh, you know, she's already skeptical of the diviner. So and she's, you know, she's. I well, think she well, had him. Not, well, she's she, not. She had she's him not watched or something. So. Well, she, she actually is. Based on, based on that one, based on her interaction with him in that episode, she doesn't really seem all that skeptical because she kind of seems more. She actually tells somebody to actually keep an eye on him. So she's mm. skeptical of him. Well, she's Janeway, skeptical that's of anybody. Her, that's that comes her nature. On. Yeah, but yeah. true. But she's, I think she actually does bring up somebody on a crew to keep an eye on him because she's still yeah. like, she wants to know what happened to Chicote. And she's at yeah, this so, point, her brain's already like connecting the dots that for most people aren't even there. So, well, like, they're probably going to meet up at some point. I don't think the Diviner aspect of it, I hope they close the chapter on the Diviner by the end of the season. Almost like But I don't, I don't see them overcomplicating the ending at any point. Maybe leave some sort of cliffhanger for sure, but I mean, I third mean, parties gonna, and the uh, neutral grounds and the. And just it's a kid show. I think I think all that stuff is the stuff that you guys are saying about like meeting up and figuring it out. I think that's going to happen in the season premiere of season two. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna end this season on a cliffhanger. It's gonna be either they're heading towards the same planet or something, and it's they're not gonna end this season closing out like the entire story or whatever. The the end of this season oh, no, is gonna be. Yeah, the end of this season is going to be like a cliffhanger of some sort. Either 
you know, they they find them on a scan or they're both going to the same planet or whatever. Like, you know, because they're already trying to track him down. Yeah, well, because they're already tracking him down and Janeway's calling it a manhunt, not a rescue mission. So you already know that it's going to be a conflict when they meet, you know, and um, and the problem is, is that the protostar, as soon as it comes into contact with something Starfleet, it's going to start attacking, just like it did with the with the outpost. So sure, I mean they're going to try to do a diplomatic thing or whatever, you know. But the problem is, is that the longer the short of it, they're going to be if if the protostar comes in contact with the Dauntless, there's going to be a fight because there has to be because that's what the weapon is on board, and so unless they find some sort of cargo ship that they can, like, take out, bring over, like, escape from the Protostar, and then like, hail them from, like, a cargo ship. Even then, that's, like, a little bit... It's a little bit complicated. You know what I mean? So the, yeah. the simplest thing is is that, you know, the the Protostar has a weapon on it that can attack anything Starfleet it comes into contact with. Once they come into contact with Janeway and the Dauntless, they're going to start attacking it, just like they did the Outpost. I mean, it's kind of common sense. So, I mean, that's how I see the end of this season coming to a close, is that... Yeah, but the, the know, outpost attack happened only because the guy who ran the outpost uh, started to get the sensors and stuff. So he yeah, actually accessed the ship. And what do you think Janeway's going to do? Janeway's going to... Janeway's going to the ship. I think, I think, I think that's something that we find in the second season. Well, standard operating protocol for any kind of ship is that you scan it, you hail it, you know, um, I'm sure that she has command um, things because she's an admiral, so I'm sure... Yeah, but can, I think Dahl and uh, the rest of the guys, of the ship. they're going to they're gonna stop her. It still uh, bugs me that... The or or they, may, they may destroy Janeway's ship by actually beam her on board and the rest of the Yeah, I was just going to say, way, they could way, easily... That way they can explain it. I mean... They're gonna because yeah, but they're not the gonna. The cliffhanger they're not, is they're gonna run dude, into they, each other they even if it's up, a ship if ship they, thing. If they destroy Janeway's ship and then they beam around to try to explain everything, like, do you know how like how like crazy that would be in like any kind of normal Star Trek thing? It would be like it would definitely yeah, be fighting. It's a show. Take know, it outside of the normal trek, or I was, whatever. I was just yeah, going to say the exact same thing. But you still, you said, still yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a kids show, but you still need it to make sense, though, which is what they've done. Look at all the all the Star yeah, Trek so things that they've done so far. Oh, not really the way you're explaining it. Because <laughs> well, I mean, just you know, see it, what happens. Yeah, I mean. You know, I then think, you can I think, call me out on my BS if you want to. Well, I well, I think I think the show is gonna essentially end. Like the like the last episode of the season is gonna have some sort of conflict between the Protostar and the Dauntless, whether intentionally or unintentionally, there's gonna be some sort of conflict. Because once they come in contact with them and once they start scanning the ship, or if she tries using command codes or anything, anything that they try doing to each other, it's gonna recognize it as a Starfleet ship or a Starfleet entity and it's going to start attacking it. So, Yeah, I'm with Justin. I think that makes the most sense. <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, you can and you can make that make sense for a kid show. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. you know, they, they dumb down kid shows now, so to go back to my Batman animated series thing, a lot of these shows nowadays are not to that level. 
of maturity and and writing, but it seems like the people who are in charge of these animated Star Trek shows kind of know what they're doing. So I have a feeling they're going to bring a little bit of that maturity to it, but then obviously you need the kids show stuff to it. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Uh, Was there anything else we wanted to hit here? I think we can try to keep this one fairly short. Uh, you know, not no, not really, already. but mm-hmm. uh, I gotta, I gotta applaud the uh, the creators on uh, on throwing uh, lower decks. Uh, you know, giving a shout out to lower decks in this episode. It was great. Yeah, no, I I appreciated that. I don't know I actually found out that the there was an escape pod that left the space station. Oh yeah, and they were gonna I, go and get it. I did think that was a little kid showy where like they had to mention that that guy who took the escape pod of the outpost lived like, okay, I don't, I didn't really need to know that, but okay. I'm sure nobody was losing sleep over that guy, but okay. Nope. Um, so I'll be interested to see, and I hope not, I hope we get the, the next seven episodes just straight. Um, but if they follow the last blocks pattern, we'll have two weeks left and it's going to stop again. So I'll be interested to see what happens there. And they don't really, the problem is they don't really announce that stuff. So I, I think we'll just get up one more, you know, it drops here on Thursday. Uh, Justin and I, yeah. it drops on Thursday in the U S and um, I'm guessing we'll just get up on that Thursday morning and it either will be there or it won't. So I guess we'll see what they end up doing. Yeah, they don't, much. you know, they never say like it's gonna go away for three months and come back. And I, you know, I think with Picard coming in February, I almost feel like they have to run it straight. Um, yeah, unless I think they will because there's nothing. Picard is first thing that comes out, right? Yeah, so. unless they, unless they hold the last block of five until after Picard is done, which would be April. Yeah, but then you have nothing. That it's just like you have December, January. That's like two months of no trek. Yeah, which I, no, I think I think I think what they're gonna do is they're probably gonna hold it for the holidays, um, yeah. and then because because let's see, hold on, let me let me pull out my handy dandy calendar. Oh, um, like it'll go when, away for Thanksgiving week and stuff, maybe. So when so when is when does Picard premiere? February, right? February sixteenth. February sixteenth. Okay. So one, two, three. <laughs> Okay, so that's 13 weeks from now. So, um, and there's how many episodes left? Seven. Seven. Seven, So, yeah, so I can see, like, this week's episode maybe being the last one for, like, until, like, January. And then, like, because then then you're going on Thanksgiving. Then that means you would be releasing one on Thanksgiving, which I don't know if that's what they want to do. Because we brought so, this up, but it's like when when they restarted it now in November, it's like we went a year without before you know between episode one and episode eleven. Yeah, yeah. Which is like for a year almost. I know if they because if, if they break it if they break it until the first week of January, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six weeks. Six weeks that's six weeks before Picard. So that kind of makes sense. If they if they break it until January, and then they bring it back for January, and then they just go full stop until the sixteenth. Huh. I guess we'll have to see what they do. Um, 
I'm gonna look Good up plausible. later. I'm gonna look up later on the internet if we can get a full on airing schedule for that for the rest of the year. But I don't know. They mm. tend to keep the they tend to keep the Paramount Plus release dates pretty quiet, other than when does season start. So yeah. I don't know. Um, okay, so we'll reconvene. Uh, we're gonna have to talk about next week because I might have something, but um, we'll talk about that off air. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for joining me for this again, boys. This was fun as usual. Um, the show continues to be great. Yeah. Uh, sure. So there you go. Um, right. Three of us. Three of us at least will be reconvening pretty much immediately for a review of Black Adam. Um, and Boris, thank you for joining us for this. And hopefully, we'll find something outside of this in the near future to get you on. Um, uh, well, you know, uh, it's all about timing for me. So, you know, I would love to participate more, but uh, I'm looking forward to doing some of the holiday reviews uh, with Milos and uh, Justin. So, we'll, we'll try to we'll, we'll try to do those on the. Uh... Oh. Sorry, what? John. Go ahead. Is Black Panther a possibility for you if we waited to do it until the weekend? I'm not, I'm not that uh, that uh, hung up that much on Black Panther. Plus, you know, there's probably going to be four or five of us talking about pretty much the same thing, and we're all going to like it, except maybe Justin and Josh, who probably didn't even see it anyway. So, Josh won't be into you stuff anymore. We're pretty. I yeah. think it's just going to be the three of us on Black Panther because Brent will yeah, see just- it. Yeah, it's just, it's just me, John, and Milos for that one. Yeah. So if you want to join, you're more than welcome. Yeah, we can hold it off to the weekend. Yeah, do Prodigy well, and uh, Black that's uh, my, Panther. That's my thing with unless we did Saturday. Um, we'll talk about that off air though. I can't yeah. do Saturday. I got to work, so even, uh, Sunday works sure better that, for me. I'm not even sure the Sunday thing is happening, but I'll talk to you about that in a minute. So, all right, uh, right. I'm going to stop this here. Then and we'll do Black Adam in a couple minutes. Yeah, sounds good.